to another edition of Oh No Not Them. I'm Eric Stroll. Along with me, as always, is Mr. Bill Salt. How are you, Bill? I'm doing good. I am the Kevin Smith to your Walt Flanagan. Oh, yes, we are. There we go. Good reference considering today's topic. Today, Eric and Bill go to the movies. So, Bill, what's your favorite movie? Yellowbeard. Guys, I, I love that movie. It's got Monty Python, it's got Cheech and Chong, it's got Pirates, it's got Comedy. And it's got Marty Feldman. It's Marty Feldman's... Marty Feldman's last role. Yes, indeed. Great movie. Very underrated movie. I think it was one of the last ones that uh, Graham Chapman did as well. Probably. Yes. Uh, If you haven't seen Yellowbeard, basically the premise is um, Graham Chapman plays a pirate named Yellowbeard who is on a quest to find his buried treasure. The map is on his son's head. It was tattooed there as uh, when uh, he was an infant. And hilarity ensues. Cheech and Chong play uh, evil Spanish conquistador type dictators. Very, very underrated film. I highly recommend everyone go see Yellowbeard. If you're a fan of Cheech and Chong, Monty Python, go check it out. That is probably in my top five pantheon of comedy movies. With it being close to Halloween, what's your thoughts on your, what's your favorite uh, horror film? That has to be, and this is another one that's kind of like not a lot of people know about. It's called Tourist Trap. Tourist Trap. I've never seen that. Yes, it is. Uh, it stars uh, Chuck Connors. Okay. As a person that can animate wax figures. Oh, and pretty much goes on a killing spree of everybody that comes near him. Huh, it is. It's full of great jump scares, actual scares, and has hands down one of the creepiest scenes that doesn't involve cannibalism in a horror movie. Okay, what's the scene? A woman is is um, tacked down to a table. Okay, and Chuck Connors' character takes plaster of Paris. And slowly covers her face. Oh. To make a death mask and another mannequin. Oh. It it is so it creeped me out as a kid. It it still creeps me out as an adult, and that's what I kind of love about it. It's a hard scene to watch. It is on YouTube. Okay. Just, I mean, you can just watch that scene if you want, but the whole movie is just amazing. Okay, what's that called again? Tourist trap. Tourist trap. Okay. Um. Every, anyone who knows me knows I'm a horror aficionado. Um, for me, the greatest horror movie of all time still is The Exorcist. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. So well done. Uh, William Peter Blatty absolutely created a masterpiece. Our friend Andy Galgosi, who's going to, from time to time, be our Western States correspondent, suggested on our Facebook page that we touch on the Evil Dead. 
series. What's your thoughts on the Evil Dead? I I enjoy I enjoy that entire series. Um, the first one is is a masterpiece, just for what Sam Raimi was able to do with a low budget. The second one, which is pretty much the first one, up to a certain point, yeah, without all the actors in it, it, it was more like this. Evil Dead Two was more to me almost like a remake, and then a little bit more to it until they get to that bridge where Army of Darkness would come in, right. Army of Darkness, I felt, that got a little more campy. Kind of jumped the shark? No, not jumped the shark. It was still entertaining. It oh, was It was absolutely. still entertaining. But it was one of those where, I, like I said, I don't think the horror elements were really there. By that time, the monsters were more comical. Right. And you kind of knew how this was going to end up. And even the scenes with the, the scenes with the skeletons raiding the castle. Yeah. Stop motion, you know, shout out to Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, for that type of scene, and it was that was hilarious. And then, of course, the um, the graveyard scene where they paid tribute to the Three Stooges. Yes, uh, like I said, it, I think that was more comedy than horror. Well, yeah, but I it was still still quite enjoyable. Oh, absolutely enjoyable. Now, um, do you, did you see the reboot? Yep. Yeah, I got uh, I got the remake for a gift one year, and I I watched it. Um, I, I loved it. I I did love it. My only problem with it was the volume. Yes, it got... Uh, it went from extremely quiet. Yes. And every time a scream happened, it pierced your ears. The The dynamics are very, very jarring. Yes. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the reboot. I thought it was great. And it's even more enjoyable, in my opinion, if you watch it kind of as a standalone and don't try to compare it to Sam Raimi's original trilogy. Mm-hmm. What did you think of uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, the series? Did not like it. You didn't like it? I, I did not like it. Because, in all honesty, because I, I have read the Ash versus Evil Dead, Ash versus Reanimator comics. They've made a ton of Ash versus comics. Right. Versus Jason, versus Freddy. So many. And I think I just kind of got burnt out on Ash versus. So by the time the TV series came around, I seriously watched two episodes of it. And I just thought, no, I'm, I'm kind of over this. Yeah. I, I, I really don't really didn't care for it. I, I I enjoyed it for what it was, and it's another thing where uh, it, yes, you had you had the legendary, the great Bruce Campbell reprising his role as Ash Williams, and he's phenomenal as he is in everything he does. Bubba Hotep doesn't matter. Uh, even uh, Burn Notice, the show mm-hmm. he was on, Burn Notice, Bruce Campbell's. Fantastic! Oh yeah, he's like Briscoe County Junior. You could go off, yes. off a list of the great things he's done. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I I thought it was I thought it was really well done, incredibly gory. You could tell Sam Raimi had his hands all over it because of like just the copious amounts of blood that were used in the production of that. Mm-hmm. It it was a it, in a lot of ways it was a throwback and an homage to his original trilogy. Um, I thought it was really good. What's a movie that you, a reboot that you thought missed the mark? Oh, that's weird because I don't really watch a lot of reboots. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Once I've kind of seen the movie, I, you know, I, I don't really need to revisit. Not that I don't want, I don't want to see it. I don't, like I said, Evil Dead was a gift. Right. And I love the series, but I can't think of a lot of reboots unless I, I've watched them and don't remember them. Okay. I don't know that I've even watched a lot of uh, reboots. Although, although, okay, you know what? Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. The Jay and Silent Bob reboot. 
Okay, let's okay, let's 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 uh, let's dive into the Kevin Smith. Uh, what did you think of the reboot? I honestly I I said, "Okay, well this is for fans of the whole series." Right. And it was just fan service the whole thing. That was really all it was. A fan service movie. Absolutely. Which, you know, there comes a point where it's like, "Okay, it's fine, but I mean, I'd like to see some what else you can do." Yeah. Um it it you're you're 100% right. It was a fan service movie. And I I thought there were some really funny moments in it. Uh especially like when they were at when they were at the con when uh Kevin Smith is kind of poking fun at himself. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Of of the Jay and Silent Bob series, what's your favorite? Well, you mean of the two or the entire Kevin Smith universe? The entire Kevin Smith universe with Jay and Silent well, Bob. Well, it used to be Clerks. Clerks was my all-time favorite, but I've actually Chasing Amy really kind of grew on me. Chasing Amy. Yes, that to become one of my my favorites. That's an underrated flick. Yeah. It, a lot of people a lot of people, even Kevin Smith fans, will dog Chasing Amy. Yeah, I, I, I actually like Chasing Amy. And, you know, then Clarissa is second. Uh-huh. Dogma would be third. <clears throat> uh Mall Rats I love Mall Rats when it came out, but I don't know. Some of that humor is even kind of It didn't age well. No, it did not. It didn't. It uh, Mall Rats didn't age well. I love it um, as a time capsule mm-hmm. type movie, and you know it's the it was the first movie that gave us Jason Lee. Yeah, um, and for that, you know, I got to thank Kevin Smith for that. Yeah, and there are wonderful moments in it. Yes, but like I said, I think some some of the movie just it yeah it doesn't uh, it but it's still I'll still watch it. Yeah, I still own it, so it's it's not like. You know, it's like I, it's not one of my favorites anymore. What did you think of Smith's uh, steps outside of the horror genre? I mean, uh, Tusk. Tusk. Never saw Tusk. <clears throat> Red State. Never saw it. Oh, my God. Um, Tusk and Red State, um, for those who don't know, are Kevin Smith's attempts to do horror movies. And you can tell that Kevin Smith isn't isn't too adept at uh, not. I, well, I don't want to say adept. But horror is not in his wheelhouse as much as the comedy of the Jersey movies is. But that being said, Tusk is brilliant in its own way. I'll have you'll you'll have to watch it. It is it's phenomenal in its own way. Uh, Red State, I think I have it upstairs. I'll have to let you borrow that one. Um, Red State uh, is about um, a religious, uh, an ultra religious group that is raided by the FBI and uh, the shit that goes on there. It's a really good movie. You should check it out. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's tons of movies that I do want to catch up on. I mean, starting in starting in 2019, I almost started early considering I, I started making a list of movies I'd never seen. OK. And I started like started watching them all, you know, and some of that surprised people. And I, I said before this year, I have not seen Alien. Really? Yep. So I watched that this year. Okay. Um, sci-fi is not really something I enjoy, except for Star Trek, apparently. Yeah. It's, I, it's weird that it's like, I, don't, I didn't really care for, to, for Alien as much as it was, but I also watched like uh, The Warriors. The Warriors. <laughs> you know, First uh, time this year. Um, it's funny you're talking about that. Um, before we went on the air, I was telling you that Nick Massington had listened to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Nick and I were actually exchanging messages back and forth on Facebook about the Warriors uh, a few days ago. It's one of his favorite movies. It's uh, 
one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. Um, if you, it, it, it's a great movie. It's a movie that you're either gonna really, really like, or you're not gonna like it at all. Well, I think what I thought was funny about it was, I I, I knew that the line from the Biohazard song "Wrong Side of the Tracks" was in the in the yes. movie. And when it came up, it was like, oh, that's that's the scene where it finally came from. <laughs> yes, that, that now you know. And knowing is half the battle, yeah. GI Joe. Like I said, now I tell you what, and watching all these movies has really made me miss the video store. Yes, because it is so difficult on even every streaming service to find some of the things that I want to watch. Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, I I went, I did away with cable and satellite altogether. I completely cut the cord other than my internet connection. I'm for TV purposes, I'm using Hulu Plus and uh everything else is uh, you know streaming. I have Amazon Prime, I have Netflix and to kind of replace the video store, I I uh opted in and up my Netflix sub- Netflix subscription to get DVDs. Yep, that's what I did at one point. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, there's some stuff that, like you said, I we back in the day, we could just go down to go downtown to 48 hours and grab it. Now we can't do can't do that. Didn't we have three video stores in town or was it just two? At one point we had three. Uh, yeah. With Terry's. Yep. We had Terry's. We had 48 hours. And uh, what was the one at the top of town? Uh, I don't remember the name of the one at the top oh. of town. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's. So many good movies out there. Um, I'm a big fan, and Bill is a big fan too, of cult classics. You know, stuff that uh, those of us who know that who know it are going to know it, but the average population may not be aware. What are some of your favorite cult classics? Oh, well, we gotta say Rocky Horror Picture Show. Absolutely, the uh, the late night double feature picture show. Yep, and we we went in costume. Yes. To Allentown. Yes. And I think it was an AMC back then. It was. It was an, the one where the Guitar Center is. Yes. It was an AMC that is now um, uh, an H.H. Gregg. Yes. And Guitar Center. Yep. Uh, I believe just about every time I went, I dressed up as Eddie. Yeah, as would be. I, I dressed up one time just for Halloween, but I did my priest outfit. Yes. So they literally, you know said, oh, you should be up on stage for the costume contest. You're, you know, Frank in the church scene. I'm not even thinking that. Right. It's like, I was just doing it to be funny. Yeah. Um, I would, I dressed as Eddie. Um, I got pulled up a few times to do the, to do the live reenactment. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember all the song, all the lyrics to Meatloaf's uh, song, Whatever Happened to Saturday Night. Uh, and the audience participation crap that goes along with it. Oh. If you if you've never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show in a theater with a with a cast la- acting it out in front of the screen, and the audience participation, do yourself a favor. They usually do it around this time of year. Go check it out. It's a, it's such a blast. Yeah, it, it is going to be playing at um, at Becky's. I think on the thirty first. At Becky's. Yeah. I added. Oh man! Unfortunately, I have prior commitments on the thirty first. I know. I mean, I'm just hey. If anybody, I mean, I don't think you can start throw toast at the screen. No, I don't and, think but, so. <laughs> but but still, I mean, it it could be a nice fun night out. Oh, it could be. I mean, Rocky Horror is always a good t- good time. Um, which leads me into another. Oh, hang on. Let's stick. Uh, 
Well, no. Well, let's continue on with this track. Did you ever see the sequel to Rocky Horror? Shock Treatment? Shock, tre- shock Treatment, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I did. How badly do you regret the, the, wasting that time? Man, that is, that's like, you know what? It's not the worst film I've ever seen, but, I mean, it comes really close. Yeah, um, that is... I don't know what Richard O'Brien was thinking or smoking or ingesting when he wrote shock treatment, but it's just bad for it. It is as bad as Rocky horror is good. Yeah. It's, and it's not one of those. It's so bad. It's good. No, it's just bad. It's just terrible. Yeah. That's bad. What, uh, what's another cult classic? Oh, I'm trying to think what they consider cult classics now anymore. I mean, night of the creeps, night of the creeps would be a cult classic. Um, I don't know if the, uh, prom night would be i don't know if prom night would be a cult classic but uh one that always pops into my head um this is from back when slasher flicks were huge in the in the mid 80s i don't know if you've ever seen it it's called blood diner yeah i might have because the video store that was near my house uh i actually i'm at, at 13 and 14 years old i must have rented every horror movie that was in that cellar. Me too. I had to have a paper signed by my mother that would allow me to rent R-rated movies. Really? Yep. See now, when I was that when when I was that age, Terry's was the was the only game in town pretty much as far as video stores. And Terry I knew Terry Eckhart so well and I was such a customer there that I could go in there and rent anything I wanted. And he never he never blinked an eye. Uh, yeah, well, the, I went to uh, Fisher's in Lehighton. Okay. And it was like right up the street from my house. And like I said, the guy, okay, well, this is what you... And I must have rented every... So I might have seen it. Like there are so many horror movies of like that 70s, 80s. Yes, when, when horror exploded. Yeah, uh, literally exploded some of those movies. Yeah. And where there are movies where it's like you can't even explain the premise, like brain damage. Right. You know... Oh, an alien injects a drug into the back of the neck, but in order for this person to keep getting the drug, he has to kill for the alien. Yeah, that 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 that's a pretty uh, pretty jacked up premise. But Blood Diner, okay. the premise of that one is you have th- these two brothers. Uh, they're the Tutman brothers, and their uncle Anwar Namtut was uh, a murderer back in the in the sixties. Uh, who slaughtered a sorority house in the name of an ancient Sumerian god called Shitar. So they were disciples of their uncle, and later on in life, they tried to host this blood feast out of the diner that they run, the Tutman Cafe, um, which is presented as a vegetarian place, but... Uh, like their mozzarella sticks are actually people's fingers oh. and, sh- and stuff like that. <laughs> There's a scene in there. It's so great. They pick up these two girls at uh, at a nightclub um, and take them back to the diner. And the one brother's out there and uh, things are going on with one of the ladies that they picked up at the at the club. And he talks about this thing called battered girlfriends. And with that, he proceeds to cover her in tempura batter. And then he dunks her head in tempura batter and sticks her head in a deep fryer. 
She comes out. It looks like uh, it looks like a breaded mushroom on top of Good her head. Lord. <laughs> and then and then uh. he smashes her head off with a freaking broom. It's great. It's it's such great eighties cheese. You know now camp. now I can tell you for sure I haven't seen that because I do not like cannibalism. So you haven't seen cannibal uh, cannibal holocaust? Nope. And I saw and I I saw up to the middle of Hostel Two. Okay. And then that was nope. Shut that off. Really. I can't. I I cannot deal with that premise. See, I dig the Hostel movies. Uh, I dug Hostel one and two. Eli Roth is a sick son of a bitch. Um, I dug Hostel one and two, but the third one that took place in Vegas, nah, nah, a little pitchy for me, dog. I gotta yeah. bounce. I'm out on that one. I think mo- I think most horror franchises, once you get up to the threes and fours, they start to fall apart. They start to. Uh, like I'm a I'm I I have every one of the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I thought for a while they got too far into the just the pure splatter category yeah. and went away from what the franchise initially started as, which was psychological. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know there was act there, you know the psychological premise to what John was doing. Yes. Whereas Jigsaw really returned to that it was a return to form for the franchise and i thought a good way for it to go out i hope they don't do any more because they in my opinion that was one franchise that jumped the shark and managed uh successfully managed to pull it back hmm. unlike yeah, i think i've only seen up to two of those unlike friday the 13th Ugh. yeah friday i don't know when that kind of went crazy um, I would say I would probably say Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty bad one. That was bad. Jason X was really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, if you've never seen it, Jason goes to space. It's it, it it's bad. Don't don't uh, don't waste your time. It's, yeah, I think I think like I said, I think it's the most, after they get the the three or four. I mean, I think they made what eight or nine Nightmare on Elm Streets, something like that. Um, but in fairness to the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, after I think part two, I think when they got to Dream Warriors, I think that's when Wes Craven kind of bounced and then like just licensed the characters mm-hmm. until Wes Craven's new Nightmare, which brought it around. Did you see the reboot of Nightmare no. on Elm Street? No, I had no interest in seeing that. I thought it was really well done. It showed Freddy Krueger as he was originally intended to be shown. In the originals, Freddy was a child killer. He was never intended to just be a child killer. He was also a child molester. Mm -hmm. And that was touched on in the reboot. I thought it was really well done. And with the updates that, you know, the advances that we have in cinematography and special effects, it was visually a very, very good movie. Yeah, I saw the stills of Jackie O'Haley with the, the makeup and yes. what actually looked like a burnt face and not yes. just, uh, you know, an avocado. But like I said, it's just one of those things where it's like, I just, I guess I just I'm just not into like they, when they remake the film completely. Okay, so that kind of blows my next one out of the water. I was going to ask if you saw Rob Zombie's reimagining of Halloween. No, but I want to. I want to see it. I have it. Okay. I, I've never, I've have it, but I've never watched it. Unpopular opinion alert. I was a huge fan of what Rob Zombie did with the Halloween franchise. Don't get me wrong. John Carpenter is a genius. Uh, John Carpenter's original Halloweens are great movies for their time. And 
his his reboot of Halloween. Or it's not really a reboot, but uh, like the new Halloween that John Carpenter yeah. did, I thought was really well done. But what I like that Zombie did was he didn't just fast forward 17 years or whatever it was from the time Michael went into the asylum to the time he broke out. He dug into why Michael became Michael and the, you know, the kind of the de-evolution into what became, you know, the shape Michael Myers. Yeah. I thought it was really well done, and I thought Zombie. I'm I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. I I've watched every movie he I've I've watched every movie he's put out. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Every movie. Yes, I even I'm even talking about the animated one. El Super Beast though. El Super Beast. Oh. That one wasn't so good. <laughs> that one wasn't so good. But you can you you, you can't deny the greatness. Of the Firefly trilogy, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. I've never seen them yet. You haven't? Not yet. Oh, do yourself a favor. Um, put the children to bed and watch um, watch those movies. Um, if, if for nothing else, watch them for Sid Haig's performance as Captain Spaulding. Um, and Three from Hell actually contains Sid Haig's final performance. He was uh, he was he was gravely ill when they were shooting the film, so he only really appears in one scene, and it's done as an interview scene while they're in prison. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, really fantastic movie, and not to spoil anything, but they did leave the open they did leave the ending open to do further exploration of the Firefly family. That's just that's just a nice tenant of any good horror movie. No yeah. matter no matter what it is. Yeah, you 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 never close the door. No, I mean, and even when you try to close the door, a la Michael Myers, you don't close the door. Like I said, that's why some of them even confuse me. It's like, well, do I like Phantasm or Phantasm Two? <laughs> oh, that's easy, Phantasm Two. <laughs> See, it's hard to remember which ones ended which way because, like I said, I've I've seen so many of of those early horror films, and then sometimes I feel like I haven't seen enough. For my for my money, you can never see enough good movies, no matter the genre. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I, I'm gonna gravitate to horror because it's just what I enjoy. I, I, horrors and comedies are my thing. I know you're a big uh, big superhero guy, big comic book guy. Yep. What's your take on the MCU movies versus DC? Well, I've always said that uh, DC has better characters. And Marvel always had better stories. And that's even going back in the comics. Right. And I, I still almost feel that today. Okay. You know, that I think DC just had to play a lot of catch up, which they should have even bothered doing. The Marvel movies, for the most part, are pretty good. Okay. There are some that are out there, like Iron Man 3, with, I mean, I'm not even talking the twist with the, the Mandarin. Right. Just the fact that... Um, Tony Stark himself is such a weak character in the entire film. Yeah. You know, and then the, um, the Civil War, which, okay. had, which had nothing to do with the comic, had such a convoluted chain of events that had to happen perfectly for the whole movie to work out. And I don't know. I just, like I said, it's one of those that's like, it probably looked good on paper, but I wasn't that big of a fan of it. Although the fight scenes are great. Yeah. I think the plot itself was really just not good. See now, are are you on the same page as me? Uh, when you in the first when they were first doing the 
the Marvel movies, and you saw that Robert Downey Jr. had been cast as Tony Stark slash Iron Man, uh, I was like, no, no, you could have done better until I saw it. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Now, I really didn't think about... I just thought, honestly, when I when he first was on screen, I was like, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect Yes, for the role. And the funny part is there's that movie that came out, I think, right before it that I just recently saw called Due Date. Okay. It's uh, Robert Downey Jr. And, oh, God, what is the guy from The Hangover with the beard? The weird one. Uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis? Zach, yep, Zach yeah. Galifianakis. Those two. Okay. Are, are on a, it's a road trip movie. Okay. Much in the vein of Tommy Boy and stuff like that. Yeah. And it is Tony Stark. He's it's, it's almost like he's playing Tony Stark in the movie. Okay. And when I saw that, I'm like, well, and I, and I asked, well, what year was this from? It was the same year that Iron Man came that out. That the first Iron Man came so out. So either it was, it was right around the same time, and he's playing the almost like the exact same character. Okay. So I could see... I'm almost wondering, it's like, did you see that character, Marvel, and say, oh, this is the guy, or was it a simultaneous filming? Yes. Because it was, it's too coincidental. And it's, like I said, it's like that vein of Tommy Boy. Right. Where it's like that weird road trip adventure. And it's, it's actually more entertaining than I won't even admit. I'll have to check that out. Due yeah. date. Due date. I, I'm pretty sure it's what it was called. Okay. Like I said, Lisa was watching it. I just happened to sit down in the living room when it came on. Yeah, I, I, I've caught a few movies like that. Uh, Missy's watching it. I sit down and I end up getting sucked into it. Yeah. There's one called The Wall. It stars John Cena as, a, as an army sniper. Okay. Um, that's one that Missy was watching and I got sucked into it. It's uh, uh, John Cena plays a sniper in Iraq and he's part of a two-man sniper team. And they're, fi- they're, uh, they're playing a game of chess with an Iraqi sniper behind this crumbling wall. Cena is behind this crumbling wall and his buddy is hit out there, but he can't get to him because this Iraqi sniper is out there. And it's, okay. it's kind of a chess match between the two. Uh, it's a really good movie. I recommend you check it out sometime. Uh, I think it's available on Netflix. Who's the best Batman? Ooh. Live action or animated? Let's stick with live action because okay. animated, animated. That's not even a that's contest. Kevin Conroy. That's that's every. It's Kevin Conroy. Animated. It's Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I gotta go with that. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta agree with that. Okay, live, uh, for for the for this discussion, let's stick to live action. Who's oh, the best Batman? My God, that's tough. Oh, well, I'm probably gonna catch a lot of heat for this. But I truly, I really feel that the person who captured not only best Batman and the best Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck. Okay, <laughs> full full disclosure, and we had this discussion when Batman versus Superman was coming out. I said, "There's no way that Affleck can pull off Batman. There's no way." I am a big enough man to admit I was wrong. Affleck was great. Not only as Batman, but as Bruce Wayne. I thought Affleck pulled it off really, really superbly. However, he's not my favorite Batman. My favorite, I have to go with Christian Bale. Simply for the fact that I'm such a huge fan of the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm -hmm. I thought Christian Bale was phenomenal in those movies. 
Yeah, like I said, it's it's with the Batman, it's there's ones that can play a good Batman. Right. Then there's ones that can play a good Bruce Wayne. Right. And then it's difficult to find one that can do both well. Now, luckily, like I said, Affleck, I don't think he had a lot of screen time as, you know, because it was it was very Frank Miller Batman. Yes. You know, things have been broken down. Bruce Wayne was a broken. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, he was like physically just. Yeah. Just, and I think, uh, like I said, George Clooney probably be the best Bruce Wayne. That dapper. Yes. You know, playboy attitude. I, 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 I can't I can't disagree with it. Yeah. But like I said, I was going for like all around. It's hard to pick up Batman. However, I thought Batman versus Robin was horrible, horrible movie. The, the Schumacher movies were a wonderful throwback to the 66. The, but but the problem was after the Tim Burton stuff, it was almost like it was too so jarring. Yeah. OK. Worst Batman. And why is it Val Kilmer? Oh, easy. He has no presence. He he is he's terrible as Bruce Wayne. He's terrible as Batman. Yeah, I think that was uh, I think that was purely for a paycheck. He had no he had no no skin in the game. Yeah, it's like and every line was delivered with like a smoothness that, you know, it's like didn't need to be. See, and the thing is, Kilmer was so good as Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the guy's been good in other things. It's real genius. Real genius. It's just he was atrocious. Yep. As bad. And it's a shame because I thought Jim Carrey was a great Riddler. Carrey was a great Riddler. I mean, oh my god. He he just he he took that part from the sixty six Batman and just and just expanded on it. I thought he did great. He should have been doing that alone. What did what did you think of Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze? Hilarious. Honestly, hilarious. I mean, Schwarzenegger is known for those action movies where he has to have that quip. Yes. You know? And that's all he was is quips. I mean, it would, I, I like I said, if you if the you take him as the camp, yeah. as like, the, yeah, you know they are. It's so funny to just you know to have like the um, the snow miser song in the middle of a scene. Yes, you know, and his and like I said, just his constant like back and forth, everything. It's it's hilarious to watch. Who was your favorite Joker? Oh, oh. somebody asked me this once before. Oh man, each one of them had such. I don't know. I I I mean I I really, I know it's cliche to say, but Heath Ledger, he, I I really enjoyed what he did with that character. I agree a hundred percent. Jack Nicholson reinvented the Joker. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Caesar Romero was the original yeah. Joker. Uh, Caesar did you know what fit perfectly for the '60s camp TV show? Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Nicholson played the Joker for the Tim Burton style of movie. And I think, honestly, and it's not because he passed away shortly after, I think that Heath Ledger played the Joker perfectly for those, for the Dark Knight series. Oh, yeah, of he, was, he was perfect. He was, he was perfect. He fit the tone. Um, he reimagined the character in a way that fit the tone of the film he fit with he fit in with the other villains with you know the Ra's al Ghul and Bane yep it was the same dark gritty type of villain um I thought I thought Heath Ledger was was really really phenomenal in that what did you think of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie Hmm. I actually like the movie I wish I don't know there's a part of me that kind of wishes they didn't try to like make it 
like the Joker movie. Right. Because I thought it had a really good message. Yes. You know, and I, I, like I said, and I thought the his acting in it was like spot on. I mean, he's been kicked around. Yeah. You know, but, but most of it's because of his own accord. Yeah. And but you know, he finally gets a shot to, n- no pun intended, to air his grievances on air. Yes. And he does just that, and just creates this massive anarchy. Yeah. I I, I thought that. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a, fi- a fantastic job as the Joker mm-hmm. in reimagining it for what that movie was supposed to be. The one guy I n- I didn't care for as the Joker was Jared Leto. I didn't care for I didn't care for I didn't care for the Suicide Squad movies. Yeah, that that movie was a, a product of two two things. One, the marketing on it was off. The marketing made it seem like it was the Suicide Squad versus the Joker. Right. Which would have been phenomenal. Yeah. That story would have been great. And this, the, the storyline turned out to be they created a group to go after the bad guys. And then one of their own turns out to be the bad guy they're after. Yeah. What, why would you do that? And of course, DC does that fire effect that I don't like. Where yeah. it's like those burning embers. Yes. It's like not everything has to be burning embers constantly. <laughs> it, it sounded like W it sounded like it sounds like WWE booked uh suicide squad. <laughs> um you know, you know somebody's going to turn on somebody. Yeah. Um but like I said, I mean I actually didn't mind his the way the character was. Right. And I thought that but if they would have fleshed it out better. I mean, he didn't need to be in the film. It was it was a useless piece. Yeah. It should have just been a standard DC story, the Suicide Squad goes after someone even worse. Right. You know. That would have been that would have made for a better movie. Yeah. You don't you don't need to I mean, I don't know. I and I blame M Night Shyamalan. Everybody has to do the twist. And it's like, "Oh my god, stop. Just can we just have a straightforward movie with without all these twists and turns? I don't want to think. I'm here to be entertained." <laughs> just juggle, clown. Yeah, exactly. So, what do you think of M Night M Night Shyamalan's movies? Honestly, I've never seen any past um, the one he's famous for. Now I'm blanking on the name. The Bruce Willis one. Bruce Willis is in a bunch of them, you the dummy. The first one. The, oh, the fir- Unbreakable. No, no, the other one. With Haley Joel Osment. Oh, oh, I see dead people. That one. See? Yeah. Yeah, I can't, yeah. Remember, we can't remember the, the name. The Sixth of it. Sense. That's the one. Okay, that was, like I said, that's the one that brings the twist in. Yes. The problem was that. Maybe halfway through the film, I said, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> you figured it out yeah, quickly. It like it like made it made total sense. And I'm like, okay, well, then that kind of like, well, that's the big thing in the movie. And and then it seemed like after that, everybody has to have this weird twist that, oh, you didn't see that coming. I can't disagree that he's to blame for a lot of this stuff. However, he's I think he's made some really good movies. Um, Unbreakable was really good, which is another Bruce Bruce Willis vehicle. Mm. Uh, I thought Unbreakable was really good. Split is really good. And then there, he I haven't watched it yet. I have it upstairs. Um, there's one called uh, Glass. Yeah. That, that was that trilogy. Yes, that's the third part of the trilogy. I haven't watched Glass yet. So I don't, uh, I don't know how they're going to close out the trilogy, but 
sometime this week I'll make time to yeah, watch it. Do they it. ever close out a trilogy? Can can they ever just have three movies and say, "Hey, this is it"? No, that goes back. <laughs> that goes back even to Doug Adams with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's a five book trilogy. Yeah, I think. Well, well, Back to the Future I think was able to keep to a trilogy, but that was about it. I think so. Um, have you ever seen the Hitchhikers to the Hitchhikers Guide to the Galaxy movies? Bits and pieces of it. Uh, the original BBC or the remake? No, the remake with Alan Rickman as the robot. Yes, I thought I, 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 that's one of my favorite movies. I think it's, it's now I sound like Ricky Rackman. It's one of my favorite movies. Now, now easy, he might hear this. Uh, he might. We have people. We had people yeah. listen to us last week from Singapore and Ireland. Shout out to the Emerald Isle. Love your Guinness. Please send more. Yes, please. Thank you. I thought the remake was really well done. Most Def is fantastic as Arthur as a Ford Prefect. Mm. I can't remember the the I can't remember the fella's name now that played Arthur Dent, but he he, he plays he plays it so well. Zoe Deschanel is really good in it. Though uh, Alan Rickman as the depressed robot is fantastic. If Alan you, Rickman doesn't do a bad role. You you you're not wrong. You're <laughs> not wrong. He's one of the few guys I've never seen something I can complain about him in. Yep, me neither. Everything from from Die Hard to Dogma, Hans Gruber. <laughs> yep, he's done. And even in Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Yeah, it's a it's a Star Trek uh like I'm trying to think what the word would be. It it makes fun of Star Trek, like but a, a it's parrot? not it's not a parody though. A spoof. It's not even a, I don't know if we call it a spoof either. It's it's basically like I said, it's about a bunch of uh people that were on a TV show that got canceled and now they just do conventions and end up being taken to some place where actual spaceships exist. Oh Jesus. And they and these aliens watched the show and thought it was real. Oh, Gal- Galaxy Quest? I yes. have never seen that. Yes, it is. And like I said, it's it's one of those it's the best Star Trek movie that's not Star Trek. <laughs> 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 What's your favorite Star Trek movie? Yeah. Oh, Star Trek. Yes. Oh, Wrath of Khan. Star Trek Two. Wrath Abs- of Khan. Yeah. Absolute favorite. Oh. Interesting choice. I I I I, I dig Wrath of Khan, but in reality, I'm a uh, I'm a TNG Trek kind of guy. I I prefer the Next Generation series. The movies were kind of eh. Yeah. I mean, first contact was pretty good. Mm-hmm. First contact was pretty good because uh, then you kind of learned the origin story of the Borg. But they didn't really miss the mark so much as uh, kind of skim the bullseye on the mark for the next generation movies, in my yeah. opinion. I think there was a lot. There was a lot of filler in there that, I mean, didn't need to be there. Yeah. You know, it's like they and I think they were putting things in there. You know, just to stroke some egos at some point. Do you think? You know, I mean, you didn't have to have the whole, you know, sh- you know, ship scene in the beginning. Right. You know, it's like, okay, we just want to, like, get out here on a boat. It's like, just tell a good story. You, it's, it, it just seemed really weird to me. Yeah. Uh, it's a little off the topic of movies, but who's the best uh, captain in the Star Trek universe? Oh, man. Come on. Oh, that's... A, that's I think each one of them was really great in their own right, honestly. Agreed. I mean, I I was one of the few that probably liked Enterprise. Captain Janeway. Or, no, 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 no. 
Yeah, Janeway. Well, no, okay, that was Jap- Captain Archer was in Enterprise. Captain Archer. Okay, that's that's right. That's the lead. It. That's mm-hmm. he's the guy that had the Enterprise before Kirk. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, Voyager. Yeah, there was, was Captain Janeway. There was one point when I decided, it's like I said, when I decided to, to binge watch something, I binge watched every Star Trek episode of every series. Damn. Yep. Damn. In order. In chronological order of air date. Holy shit. How long did that take? That, I honestly, I don't remember. It was so many years ago. Because I, I still had Netflix, and that's the only way I saw Enterprise, is that I was, I was getting the, the discs. Right. What did you uh, What did you think of Deep Space Nine? I liked it. I liked it. Uh, it got a little bit ham fisted near the end, you know. Where it's like, but I, I mean, I kind of, I did kind of enjoy. It's like, um, I'll tell you what one is really good now though. Lower oh, Decks. Lower Decks. It's an animated series that really is just. It's like I said, it's a fan service for Star Trek fans. But they're doing something in there that I think a show should have done previous okay what's that they are going back to planets and revisiting aliens like after the enterprise has been there like what happened oh now of course it's all done in a joking manner and it's but but like not not violating the prime directive obviously no because it's like second contact it's like okay like i don't know if you remember the next generation with the packlids yes okay well the packlids were in an episode of this oh okay and they're calling every ship the enterprise and it's like, look, another Enterprise. And a, oh, another Enterprise. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just hilarious. As like, it's like they think all ships are an Enterprise. Okay. You know, and but like I said, it's 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 not meant to be really taken overly serious. But because they just they they throw so many Easter eggs in it that they're not even Easter eggs anymore because they're laying out in the open. Right. But it's like they just throw references in there. And it's just it's a fun watch. But I love it that they. They get back to the the aliens that they were visited once. Yeah, and now it's like, well, what happened? <laughs> that that actually is a really interesting premise. Where where can you find that? That's on CBS All Access. On CBS All Access. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite guilty pleasure movie? Guilty pleasure movie. I don't know that I even. I don't know that I have one. I mean, I enjoy movies for kind of what they are. I'm not a. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I watched any movie. I couldn't. I could not really tell you. What a guilty pleasure movie even is. Oh, I have one. Hmm. Oh, I have one. Roadhouse. Okay. Roadhouse. It's it's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. Yeah, but you enjoy it. So I don't think I don't think it's a guilty pleasure. That's the thing. It's like if you enjoy these things, <laughs> you know, there are tons of fans out there that absolutely love Roadhouse. Yes. You know, I mean every every movie that's out there, I mean I can I can't think of, you know, many movies out there that if you say it's my favorite movie, you're not going to find Hundreds of people that just back you up with that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, now, if you had said something like Sleepers in Seattle, okay. You know, oddly enough, I've never watched that movie. I have. I. Or I've never watched You Got Mail. I, I, it's the same movie. That's what I'm told, <laughs> but I've never watched it. A, I've never watched it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know, and I know why I, I have to watch some of these rom-coms, but I don't appreciate it. <laughs> oh, oh, do tell. Why do you have to watch some of these rom-coms? Because it's all that's on the TV in my house. Uh, would that have anything to do with Lisa or Val? It, 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 no, Lisa mostly. Lisa mostly? Yes. See, now, this is, I mean, my wife watches rom-coms too, but her big thing is uh, like crime procedurals. Mm. 
So I get stuck watching CSI, NCIS, things like that. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. There's, I mean, three nights a week she gets stuck watching pro wrestling because that's what I watch. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the TV is mine. And here's an interesting little fact that I don't know if anybody's ever saw the correlation of this, but I, every day of every week, somewhere on TV, I swear, two movies are always playing. What's that? Shawshank Redemption and Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, so uh, Shawshank Redemption um, was one of the ones that was brought up on our Facebook page. Um, oh, no, not them. Find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash oh, no, not them. Um, Shawshank Redemption was brought up. What's your thoughts on the Shawshank Redemption? I like it. I absolutely love I, that movie. I, I, I swear I think it's... Like I said, I, I, you can find it every day somewhere on TV. Well, I, I don't know why. Well, I mean, Tim Robbins needs to keep Susan Sarandon happy somehow. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good movie, and it has the the stars that it has in it. I mean, Mister Krabs is in it as playing a guard. <laughs> Clancy, yep. also from Highlander, but it's it's like he has some of the best roles. Yeah, he does. I mean, Morgan Freeman is red. Mm-hmm. He, he, that, that is a, a Morgan Freeman was legendary before that. But his his performance as red is just great. Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne. Yeah. The you, whole, you can't hate that performance. The, the, the movie, the movie itself. I mean, it was it's 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 a one. It is a wonderful movie. Um, and like I said, I just don't know why it's played constantly. Like I said, um, Tim Robbins needs to keep Susan Sarandon happy. What about the Hudsucker proxy? That's not even that's not even the same ball game, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Hang on, I'm looking here. Ooh, here's an interesting rabbit hole we can go down. Bill Marks um, on our Facebook page brings up Demolition Man. Okay, what's your opinion on Demolition Man? That was one of Sylvester Stallone's. I mean, he has a certain acting style. Outside of those Rocky movies, he has this acting style. And he plays these weird, over-the-top characters. I mean, and that goes back to Cobra. Yes. I mean, it's like, it's not a bad film. You're the disease. You know, and and I actually have three seashells in my bathroom at home. (laughs) That's great. And... I was like, what's with the three seashells? <laughs> and I love how he, he goes up and starts cursing into the credit yes. machine to get paper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I can't say I don't enjoy. I mean, I like the Expendables. I love Judge Dredd. Really? Yes. I don't know why. I was going to bring that up next. Because, I mean, yes. And and I'll agree with uh, our some of our Western correspondents that the the later movie where they were in the Tower Block with um, what was it Carl Urban? Yes, yeah, Bones from Star Trek the re, the Kelvin series um, was a really good movie. Oh um, my god! And, and really, really goes off of that 2080 comic book wonderfully. Yes, but the fun, the fun of of Stallone as Judge Dredd. Uh, it's still it's I, still it's a great great i love it i i own it on dvd yeah. i love the movie uh, because and you know that i'm a big judge dread fan 
I have a bunch of the 2000 AD comics. Uh, thank you to Anthrax for hipping me to Judge Dredd with I Am The Law. Where I thought they went wrong with the Judge Dredd movie with Stallone, the first time was when they had Stallone take off the helmet. True. Because if, you, if you've read any of the 2000 AD comics, you never see Judge Dredd's face. Nope. The only time he takes the helmet off it is uh, like the, pan- the comic panel is a rear shot of him putting his helmet in his locker. That's the only time you ever see Dredd without his helmet in the comics. For what it was, the, like the cheesy, campy, fun movie it was, I loved Rob Schneider and Judge Dredd. Yeah. He was great. Um, but where I think they fell short is not having Cy Judge Anderson mm-hmm. along with Judge Dredd, which is where the Carl Urban Judge Dredd, uh, the Carl Urban film Dredd hit the mark. Yeah. Because they, they paired him up with Cy Judge Anderson um, kind of along the same way that they were paired up in the comics. He was, uh, Dredd was his training judge. Um, for those that don't know, 2000 AD is the, the comic that Judge Dredd comes from. And it takes place in a dystopian future where most of the world has been annihilated by nuclear fallout. And the population lives in these coastal megacities in the, in the United States and the Sov states over in what used to be Russia. And the judges are literally the judge, jury, and executioner. Hence the term, I am the law. Um, they, they dispense justice immediately. Death sentences are carried out immediately. Um, it's a really, really gritty, fun, interesting comic. And the the reboot movie, Dread, hits the nail right on the head as far as capturing what the comic was meant to be. Um, there was talk for a time about a sequel to it, but it never took off. It never got off the ground. I wish somebody would pick that, man, that, pick that ball up and run with it because I would love to see a sequel to that. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, put in, like, Judge Death. Yes. Bring in Judge Death and have Alice Cooper play Judge Death. Alice Cooper. Okay, who, who do you think would make a oh, good Oh, no, Judge no, I, I'm, I'm not saying it wouldn't be good. I, I mean, if you get any thin, lanky person to get in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, would be another great person to put in there. Uh, he's just, he's tall, he's lanky, and he's never played anything without a prosthetic, so it'd be perfect. Yeah, there you go. Um, D- Doug Jones. Um, he plays Labyrinth. Yes, exactly. He also played the um, the Shape of Water. He played the creature in there. Yes. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff uh, in prosthetics, but he he has he, he carries it well. He's kind of the modern day Lon Chaney. Yes. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, he is. Definitely is. Okay. Um, speaking of Lon Chaney, what's your favorite of the uh, classic Universal monster movies? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. Probably Frankenstein. Frankenstein. The original Frankenstein yeah. is... Well, not the original because uh, Edison did a version of Frankenstein yeah. that flopped. I think... Yeah, I just... I I think I love that only because I think I love young Frankenstein. And like... <laughs> like all, all the set pieces were the same. Yes. Yes. Uh, mad, mad respect to... Uh, set a give? <laughs> Set a give. 
<laughs> Mad respect to Mel Brooks for yeah. for keeping, um, you know, keeping Frankenstein's lab oh. so oh. so well intact in that movie. And Peter Boyle as the monster is phenomenal. Oh, that that whole the whole cast is just that how they. I mean that that is a wonderful film. Oh, Madeline Kahn. Yep. Uh, Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman as uh, Igor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Igor? It's pronounced Igor. Well, that's not what they told me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they were wrong then, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Frau Blucher. Oh, I, I can't do the horse noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That that's was... a mark of a great movie. We could just like say lines from it for and have no context. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you and I could do that all day long with Monty Python. Oh. Okay, there you go. Favorite Monty Python movie. Oh. And I'll even include Live at the Hollywood Bowl. I know. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, I, I think the Holy Grail. I mean, that is, that is just, I mean, that's like every D&D session I've ever been in. Timeless. <laughs> it's just, you know. It's a timeless movie. Yeah, everything starts all serious, and then next thing you go, run away! <laughs> <laughs> and the two halves of a coconut for the horse. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, lo- I love Whoa, that Patsy. movie. Whoa, <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would have to agree. That's probably my favorite as well. Um, that and The Meaning of Life. Yeah. Well, The Meaning of Life, I think, but there. Life of Brian after that. Life of Brian's great. Yeah. Um, He's not the Messiah. He's a naughty, naughty boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Um, You know, actually, one of my favorite parts, though, of uh, Meaning of Life is that 15-minute intro scene. Okay. With the, the, at the accountancy, at the accountant's firm. Yeah. When the, when the building like like the pirate yeah the pirate the pirate accounting pirate accounting <laughs> I thought that was so phenomenally I thought that was so fantastic and that's it's so Monty Python oh yeah I mean it's so Monty Python it, that was something directly out of an episode of Flying Circus mm-hmm. obviously uh, Graham Chapman passed away shortly after uh, Monty Python's run so. Uh, he didn't do much beyond that and Yellowbeard. Mm-hmm. Um, what about post-Python stuff from the other guys? I'm trying to think what would have been post-Python from them. Fish well, Terry Gilliam, I mean, I love his, I love Brazil. Yes. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yes. Uh, he is an, an a, ex, fi- a fish an, called Wanda. Th- that's an also that's a funny film. Yes. Um, Faulty Towers was a good show. Faulty Towers was excellent. I mean, John Cleese is great in anything he does. Yeah, Eric Idle, he hasn't like he hasn't done a whole lot of whole prof- high profile stuff after Python, really, that I can recall. Yeah, no, I, he's done like he did the vacation, one European vacation film. Yes, he was in. Yeah, he was in that. Um, obviously, he was in Yellowbeard as well. Yep. Um, he, I, I don't know. Uh, that's almost like saying. Post uh, post young ones, Aid Edmondson and Rick Mile and Nigel Planner. Yeah, all the great stuff. Bottom, okay. Filthy yeah. Rich and Cap Flap. Yes. Um, for a while, then um, uh, Aid Edmondson had his folk his folk band. Okay. Um, I'm blanking on the name because it was a weird one, but they would do cover songs in folk style of metal. Really, wasn't the greatest. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I won't say everything he does is gold, but that's what he enjoyed doing. Well, that, that's... And uh, Rick was doing a lot of... Um, up to his death, he was doing um, some great stuff in, in Britain. Yeah. Um, he... I mean, the, the, the Young Ones cats didn't have a whole lot of mainstream success in America. I think the biggest thing that any of those guys ever did was uh, Rick Mile in Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, probably. Which was underrated, but it was Perfect Rick. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, and ba- he played the character of Rick mm-hmm. just as an imaginary friend. Yeah. Who's the, greatest, um, who's the greatest movie villain? Wow. That is difficult. <laughs> what do we consider a villain? Give me at least a genre on that one. My God, there's so many. The Knox, Mickey and Mallory Knox from Natural Born Killers. Yes. Were just un, unsympathetic to the end. Yeah, they, that I was mean, that was that was socio that was sociopath at its best. Yeah, that was just amazing. Like I said, a lot of villains think they're the good guys, right? So I mean, you know, mm. it, it's hard to say like you know who would be a good to be a villain. You have to be like the one that is doing it be bad just to be bad. Yeah, you know, and a lot of them were like, "Oh, I'm I'm not doing bad. I'm trying to help." Right, evil for the sake of evil. One of my favorites is probably Max Shrek from the 007. Okay. Uh, View to a Kill. Yes. View to a Kill. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's been a minute since I've seen that. Yeah, that was, um, uh, you know, he wanted to drown Silicon Valley. Yes. Just to make money. You know, it's like he's not, you know, he he was not even apologetic about it. No, yeah, all these people are going to die so I can make money. (laughs) <laughs> that that's pretty villainous behavior right yeah, there. and it was done by um Christopher Walken. No, no. Yes, and he, oh, and it was beautiful Christopher Walken. Yes. Uh I mean anything Walken does pretty much is going to be gold just because he's Christopher Walken. Um I love him in Tar- anything he's done with Tarantino. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Tarantino film? Hmm. I am not sure. I mean, I there's he done he's done so many great ones. It, it, I know it's it that's hard. Yeah, I mean, I like Kill Bill. Oh, the Kill Bill movies are great. But the Hateful Eight, the Hateful Eight, underrated is is such a it's and it's a nice you know box capsule movie. Yes, because it doesn't take. But there is so much going on. Yes, that you got to pay attention. Oh my God. I had to watch it three times yeah. before I figured everything, before I caught every little nuance in it. But it was the same for, it was, I, I, maybe I'm just slow, but it was the same thing for me with Pulp Fiction. I didn't catch everything in Pulp Fiction Pulp the first Fiction, time through. Pulp Fiction was a really good, I, that was weird that it was done out of sequence. But yeah. almost once you get used to it, and there were so many things that after you watch it a second or third time, you realize, oh, I see that now. Yeah, it, it, it that that's a recurring thing with Tarantino films. They're going to be extraordinarily long because he is an auteur uh, and things are going to be done his way. They're by and large going to be done out of sequence. A lot of time jumps in them. And there's going to be just so much shit going on. Oh, yeah. Inglorious Bastards was fun. Inglorious Bastards was great. Um, Eli Roth as the Bear Jew was <laughs> great, and it was nice to see another, you know, another one of my favorite directors cast in the movie. Clooney was fantastic in that. George Clooney was fantastic in Inglorious Bastards. Was he in that? 
I'm thinking. Well, you thinking Brad Pitt? Oh shit! I'm thinking Brad Pitt. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Did I forget Clooney in a movie? <laughs> I, I'm for. Oh man, I have, that was a brain fart. Yeah, well, you're right. It was Brad Pitt. I. I. Uh, that's right. He does a lot of work with Brad Pitt. Have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Not yet. Great movie. It's, it's on my list. Great movie. Uh, him and DiCaprio. Uh, Pitt and DiCaprio play so great off each other in that. And it, you know, it's it it's set around the time in the Manson murders. Yeah, um, really good stuff. I I wasn't Jackie Brown wasn't bad. That what I didn't see. It wasn't bad, but it's not my favorite Tarantino flick. One that most people don't know he was involved with, because uh, I think he was a writer on it, was uh, True Romance. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. He was a writer on that. True Romance is a great movie. Christian Slater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Christian Slater is so good in that movie. Yeah, that movie had a couple of great things. I mean, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Um, when... Har- uh, I think Kaitel's in there at some point, too. He might be, but I know when the mob came down, him and, and that wonderful scene with, with, with Cousin Balky yes. and the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If, you, if, you, if you've never seen it, it's uh, Bronson Pinchow and uh, uh, Christian Slater rolling down uh, the streets of Hollywood in a, well, I think they were in a Porsche. Yeah. And they get pulled over, and uh, Cousin Balky, Bronson Pinchow, just has this ton of Coke with him, and it just goes everywhere. It's a, <laughs> it's a great scene. What about what about Heather's? Talk about cult classics. Oh, yes. That is a, a wonderful movie. Dark, I mean, considering things that happened after Heather's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's one of those that you'll never see made, a remake, even close to it, because... Now things that just hits too close to home. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, watch the movie. Uh, it stars Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, think of a of a high school coming of age movie. On acid. And that then you have Heather's uh, you have you have uh, clicky girls. You have yep. the jocks, the jocks. You have the outsider, and you have um, the outsider's father, who happens to do construction mm-hmm. and demolition, and has access to explosives. And we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Heather's great movie. Yeah, those those are like those. I I'm not sure. There's there comes a point when you've experienced like so much of of what the world hits you with that I think it might be hard to enjoy a movie like that if you've never were around before that. Right. Um, like, to watch that movie completely in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of where... Yeah. Um, I mean, in a, post, in a post-Columbine world, because um, let's go, you know, I mean, if we're going to be real about this, the first one that hit with national prominence... The first of these, uh, you know, school tragedies that hit with national prominence um, was Columbine. So, in a post-Columbine world, Heather's takes on a whole different feel. Yeah, but sadly, that's the world we live in. Yeah. So it's a, a it's and but that's I think, you know, as history goes on, I mean, there there are you know things you see and it's you can't unsee them. But they were before you know we enjoyed these movies long before these things happened. Right. That doesn't make them bad movies, but 
you have to take them in the context when they were made. Yes. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Heather's was 89 or 90. Yeah. I, well, late, late, 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Everybody, everybody wanted to be Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Um, it was made at a time when Winona Ryder and Christian Slater could still pass for high school students. And yeah, we'll go there. And Shannon Doherty could still pass for a high school student. Last topic on uh, movies: best and worst film adaptation of a TV show. Ooh, best and worst. Oh boy. Well. Hmm. I'm trying to think of film adaptations of TV shows. That's what I'm trying to think of now because I wonder if I'd even even seen that many. Because the first one that comes off the top of my head was G.I. Joe. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll even throw you a bone. We can count Saturday Night Live skits. Oh, well, there's tons of them that were bad in that genre. <laughs> and and, a few, and yeah. well, a few that were good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the best of a TV show. That's you know what I got one okay Serenity, Serenity never the, the never, Firefly movie, never saw it. Yes, I love the Firefly. Only lasted uh, one season. Okay, it's a cowboy space opera theme. It, it's it's Star Trek meets Wagon Train almost. Whoa, yep. Have the board game, have the comics, have the action figures. I love Firefly, and they made it. And after like two years after they had canceled it, it was Joss Whedon. Okay. Two years after they canceled it, they made a Serenity movie, which tied a lot of stuff together. Oh, okay. Kind of like they did with uh, Twin with Twin Peaks. Okay. Because uh, the TV show left a lot of stuff open-ended, um, but Fire Walk With Me kind of tied it all back together. Oh, I, thought Fire, I thought that was a part of the TV show. <laughs> no, uh, I think that was a uh, standalone movie. Yeah, I wasn't into much into Twin Peaks. Very, very weird stuff. It's very trippy. Trip, fire, uh, Twin Peaks is very trippy. I can't remember who did it. I can't remember the director's name. Yeah, it's hard to think of the actual like, live action TV show that then got a movie that was just really bad because I don't know that there's that many, is there? I mean, if you're counting the SNL stuff, I mean, I thought Coneheads was enjoyable. Wayne's World was enjoyable. If, if it wasn't, if they weren't really good, I probably never saw them. Okay. Uh, if we're, since I threw in that we'll count the SNL stuff, one that was just horrifyingly bad, and I still, but I still quote it to, uh, to this day, is The Ladies' Man. I had a feeling you were going to say that one. Death right. Yeah. Well, you know what? They, I thought the skit was terrible. <laughs> really? Yes. See, I, I, like, I like Leon Phelps. I, I like <laughs> Leon Phelps. He's, he, him and I are, uh, we're, we're samey samey, you know? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I was still in the SNL. Well, I'm in the, still in SNL, but there was years that I wasn't in it. Yeah. But I was part of that. I was like, I don't know. I just, I mean, even yes, I know they're like, yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> See, I am the ladies man and yeah. I drink Cuvassier. See, that's weird. Maybe, and not, <clears throat> I know Night at the Roxbury wasn't that good. Oh, Night at the Roxbury was yeah. That was trash. I mean, at the very end, they ripped off Say Anything. Yeah. It's like, any. I think any movie that uses Say Anything as a crutch at the end, stop it, and I'm talking to you too, Deadpool. Stop it. 
<laughs> Why you got to bring Deadpool into this? It's like, come on now. We don't need to bring say anything into this. What? Why? You, but why you got to bring Deadpool into this? Hey, he did it. He he brought that on himself. He brought that on himself. Wade Wilson is my hero. The first one was good. The second one was good. The second one was okay. I I loved them both. I'm I'm sorry. I loved them both. I think Ryan Reynolds is the he. You know, going back to Tony Stark, uh, to Downey as Tony Stark. If you want to talk about somebody who's absolutely perfect for a role, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Yeah, and he, absolutely. And I'm I'm glad he he some you know erased that Green Lantern stain off of his resume. Well, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, in the movie, he stains the script. Yeah, it's like, oh, why? I mean, that that was bad. That was bad casting. Yeah, that was bad casting. And I'm glad he erased the previous incarnation of Deadpool. Yep. You know, um, I I thought that was pretty cool that he used uh, cables. Yeah, the, uh, the time, time shifter to go back and. Since I, and I often wonder, I mean, there are, I mean, there are so many great, you know, comic fans online that, I mean, and so many great stories out there. I don't understand how many of these comic book movies just drop the ball consistently. Well, I think the reason that a lot of these comic book movies drop the ball is because the people that make them are not guys like Kevin Smith who are true comic fans. Yeah, but I mean, all they got to do, and this is how simple it is, if they want to, you, you write out a script, leak it to forums, have the nerds rewrite it. Yeah, but yeah, that <laughs> would, I mean, that would be the, that would be an easy way to do it. Yeah. But. And I say nerds in the most affectionate way. Yeah. You are I mean, my, you are my people. You're, you're our people. I yeah. mean, here we are talking about, you know, <laughs> talking about movies and yeah. things like that. You know, we're nerds at heart, you know. Um, but the, I think a lot of the comic movies would have been better served if they had comic fans at least have input in the writing of these things. I, I think some of them did, I swear, because you, you see the interviews and they say, oh, I'm, I'm such a huge Batman fan. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then they have uh, the Martha moment. I mean, come on, you know. Read the books, man. Right. There, there are, and, and there are some trash stories out there. I'll be the first one to admit that not every story out there was, was written wonderfully. Right. But there are some stories out there. I mean, I would love to see them make a Squadron Supreme movie. They never will. No. That, that, I mean, you're, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm digging deep. You're digging deep. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a you, deep album you, cut. You, yeah. You got to keep the high franchise guys. Yeah. You got, that's a deep album cut right there. But still, even talking the high franchise, I mean, Cyborg was relatively new. Yeah. And I think he only got a nod in the DC movies because of Teen Titans Go. You're probably right. You know, I mean, I and I would love to I and as weird as it is, I would love to see a send up of the original cast from the except the Martha, Wendy and the dog, Marvin, Wendy and the dog from the uh, Super Friends. Yes. And even have some. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would be that would be really good. And, you know, who? Uh, Kevin Smith would be the perfect guy to direct yeah. that. Get the Wonder Twins in. I think he could make the Wonder Twins work. Probably. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, if anybody could make that work and make that happen, because let's face it, Kevin Smith is 
uh, the ultimate comic fanboy yeah. done well. And I don't think, especially with DC, I think DC characters are so iconic. You don't need world building movies. No. Okay. You needed that for Marvel because a lot of those guys were not very well known. Right. I mean, uh, Marvel yeah. had their Marvel had their franchise players. Yeah. Um, you had Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You had not necessarily the whole X-Men ca- team, but you had Wolverine. Yeah. Um, they could have done a standalone Wolverine movie without the X-Men buildup. Yep. They, I mean, the Deadpool thing they could have done, which, you know, uh, on a standalone basis without ever introducing him in the Wolverine franchise. Yeah. But you're right, and going back to what you said earlier, DC has the stronger characters, but Marvel has the stronger right. stories. So it's like everybody, like I said, you'd have to be living under a rock not to know who Batman was even before all these movies. Right. So it's like you literally could just make a Super Friends movie. Yeah. And throw it right out there. Everybody knows Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. You don't need to build their world. Their world has been built. But do you include Aquaman? You always include Aquaman. Ooh. Well, uh, yeah, if, if you're going to include the Wonder Twins, you got to include yeah. Aquaman. Because, like, and that's the one problem I always had with all the Batman movies, I swear. Every one of them has to show the origin story. We know his parents were shot in an alley. Stop it. <laughs> the, I, the only origin story that I thought was super well done with Batman, because it went past just the fact that, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne were shot in an alley was Batman Begins. Yes. You know, shows him meeting up with who we come to later find out is Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his training in the martial arts, the origin behind the bats. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was re- really super well done. And Christopher Nolan, I think, is a comic book geek himself. Yeah. Yeah. Batman Begins was was really good. I wish. I wish they played off the ending of that a little better. Yeah, I think I think the the microwaves um, evaporating the uh, the water was a little bit weird. Come on, Morgan Freeman did it. the The problem was the human body is made up of that much water. Come on, Morgan Freeman did it. Okay, yes, Morgan Freeman was played a really good character in it. He gets a pass. It's Morgan Freeman. It's. It's it's a I am not denying it's not a good movie. I'm like I said I am not denying especially as he asks for stuff you know and he's like yeah. Morgan's just like uh, you want this okay yeah he's like I'm not gonna ask no questions but don't tell me any lies either. Well, I mean to be fair, when you're the guy writing the checks, yeah. I mean it was yeah the the Batman's Begin movies. Well, the, that that the Christopher Nolan was really good. Um, Bane was a little bit. Eh. Really? Not the character. I thought the prep... Because they, they were going for the... Um, oh, God. Now I'm, now I'm blanking on the name of that one. The, um, it, was, it was when Gotham got separated from the mainland. There's a, it was a whole storyline. And they were kind of introducing that No Man's Land. Okay. They were doing the No Man's Land storyline, but they were doing it really hackneyed. Yeah. They didn't... I don't... Like I said, there are so many great stories out there. You don't need to take this one part of a story and just ignore the rest of it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't disagree with I you. I mean, all the cops are in the sewer. All the cops are in the sewer. They, you, you trap every single one of them. That's a terrible police force. It's Gotham we're talking about. Come on. 
How many times have they had? How, how many times have they let half of the inmates escape Arkham? They don't let them escape. It's not like they say, "Oh, please leave." Well, the the police, the, <laughs> the Gotham Police Department is not doing their job. But on that <laughs> on that note, uh, let's put a bow on this episode before we close out. When Bill and I first talked about doing this podcast, we said that there was a few things that we didn't really want to touch on politics and religion being the two big ones however uh as we record this it is monday october 26th by the time this comes out which should be wednesday the 28th we won't have another episode to air before the presidential election i'm not going to pick sides I don't think Bill's going to tell you to pick sides. However, I will say this one thing, and this is the only political statement that me, Eric Stroll, will personally ever make on this podcast. There is nothing more important that you can do as an American citizen than exercise your right to be a part of our representative republic and our democratic process. I urge you in the strongest way possible on Tuesday, November 3rd, no matter who you support, no matter where your ideologies fall, please go out and vote. It's your chance. It's your choice. It's your voice. It's your duty as an American to exercise your right to go out and vote. That is the only political statement I will make I could not have said that better myself, and I completely agree. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, my friend. You know I value your opinion uh, more than just about anyone. Um, that's, that's it. That's it for our political stance. So um, until next time, thank you for tuning in from wherever you're tuning in to, including Singapore, Ireland. Hopefully we get a few more countries to tack on. I'm Eric. And I'm Bill. This has been Oh No Not Them. Check us out on anchor.fm slash oh no not them pod, facebook.com slash oh no not them. You can hit us up on Twitter at oh no not them pod, or you can hit us up on email at oh no not them pod at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, gang. We'll see you next time. Peace out.